This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argar Life podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher, so please follow and subscribe on those platforms to keep up to date with new episodes. With us this week to discuss the latest on all things Argyle, a skeleton crew, two men down but we will persevere nonetheless, quality over quantity, we've stripped Josh from the... Uh, <laughs> From the circus, and I think it's going to make a vast improvement because I know that Josh won't listen to this, so he won't actually hear it. <laughs> That's very true. It's a very good point. Somebody okay. might make him aware of it, though. With us this week, we have Sam Down. Hello. And we have Adam Price. Hello. And that's it. No Tom, no uh, no Josh this week, unfortunately, but we will persevere nonetheless. Um, Adam, as ever, would you like to kick us off? Yeah. What were your thoughts on the game? I think, I think after the game, there was a bit of. Everybody felt a bit down. I personally thought you know this was a terrible day we everything went wrong it was back to a 4-2-3-1 it felt like a bit of a disaster I've had a little bit of time to reflect now that does seem like it was a little bit of an overreaction it's not the worst performance we've ever put in it's not the best by any means but we you know on another day things could have turned around in our favor we'd have had that dream trip to what Brentford away was it so you know, yep that was a good day. very close but, for me actually Oh, well, Would have been a very good trip for me. God, well, okay. Now I feel terrible about making a joke about that. It might well have ruined your life. I'm so sorry. But but no, anyway. I, it was, as I say, I, I walked out of the ground thoroughly depressed with the performance. Watching it back, you know, there's there are positives in it. It's not the worst performance I've seen. It certainly wasn't as bad as the time we played Oxford at their ground in the league. So, no. you know, disappointing. I mean, as we've been through before in the Cup, it's only the result that matters, but you know, it's it's not something that I'm going to lose an awful lot to you, that's for sure. Okay, um, so my thought, not about the match, but about the podcast, this is a mess take on the podcast, as we've been highly critical of Ladapo so far. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a one minute timer, and Sam, you get 30, uh, you get 20 seconds, 
Adam gets 20 seconds, and I will get 20 seconds, and then we will not criticise Ladapo for the rest of it. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Let's go for it. Are, are, you, ready, are you ready? Sam can go first. Um, I'll give you a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 countdown at the end of your time, then Adam can go, and then I'll try and pick up from there. And okay. we will be all done within a minute. 20 seconds right. on Ladapo. Okay, tell me where to start. Okay, 3, 2, 1, go. Rubbish. Rubbish, 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 rubbish. No, I'm not going to carry on for 20 seconds. I'm attempted, but I'm not. Yeah, it's just a um, very poor performance from him Saturday. You know, normally he's, um, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll often get an odd goal, even if he doesn't play well. But he didn't even get the goal, and that unfortunately put in the contrast to the rest of his general play. Um, you can Three, edit out all those rubbishes if you like. One. Adam, go. You see, when it comes to Adam, particularly looking at his performance on Saturday, I think Sam touched on it. He didn't get the goal, and as we all know, the only reason you'd pick Lozapo ahead of Taylor is because of the amount he goals he, of goals he gets, rather than anything else that, you know, we've spoken about at length and definitely will again. But I've only got 20 seconds, so I say, you know, Lozapo... Two, one, stop. Done. Okay, I'm g- very quickly, uh, I, rubbish is very harsh, he wasn't rubbish. Um, that was a joke for the listeners. But yeah, really, Sam, you've had your 20 <laughs> seconds, stop interrupting mine. Um, Lozapo did not have an especially great game. Again, basically, we, we just got to Drop Ladapo. He's not especially. Oh no, there's a time. Ah. That was very quick. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna one one more line in because Sam ruined mine. Why are we sacrificing six players at the top of the game for the sake of one? We can put a team together that makes Ladapo play well, but we can put a team together that makes the team play well. Why? Why would you go for the former? Okay, Ladapo out of the way. I'd like to focus on some positives. So, do you have some in mind, Sam? Uh, yeah, I think the attacking cohesion was pretty good in terms of chance creation. We had a lot of, we had quite a few good chances. I mean, Fox had one great uh, strike second half that was very well blocked by a defender. We had Joel Grant had an opportunity you really should have scored from in the first half. We had another player whose name I won't mention have a good opportunity in the first half. So those are all three good opportunities that we should have scored from. I'm sure there were, and obviously the goal itself. And I'm sure there's a couple of others that I'm not immediately thinking of, but this was not a bad game for chance creation. Not at all. Chance creation was pretty good. Um, so whilst there are faults to 4-2-3-1 over 4 3 3 the faults are more defensive and leaving us open in the midfield. Going forward, some of our play was quite cohesive and the chance creation I was happy with. Those are the positives we can take from Saturday. Mm, I'm, I'm going to push I'm going to push the mistake Smith-Brown made for the goal aside because we're going to come back to that in a bit. Um, so putting that aside and looking at the performance of Riley at right-back and Smith-Brown left-back, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm quite happy with them as a full-back pairing. And I've been saying it to you, Sam, for weeks now. And I'll tell you what, since I remember a few weeks back you criticised him going forward, I think we've seen a little, a little bit of an improvement in his uh, in his attacking play. He's pushing himself a bit further forward. I've seen him make some nice triangles and burst forward, quite similar to the way that Conor Grant did when he was uh, introduced into the team. And mm. I, it, you know that was definitely something that he had the scope to do. He, you know, his pass as a player demonstrated he had the scope to do it, but we hadn't really seen much of it. He'd been very reluctant to take the ball forward past the... Uh, 18 yard, you know, into the 18 yard box, and was far more comfortable crossing in. So I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with that, and I thought Riley on the other side was far more. Um, he was stronger in the air, so they played a lot of long balls to Brown on the wing, which previously would have been brought into play and then laid off. Knoxford would have attacked from there. A lot of sides have attacked Tafari Moore in that way. I'm not sure if Robinson went for that, assuming that Moore would start. But Riley won more than half of his aerial duels. He, uh, he did. A Decent job of keeping Brown quiet for most of the afternoon. When Brown did get past him, he generally brought him down far away from goal rather than letting him proceed, which, assuming he doesn't accumulate too many yellow cards, is uh, fair enough. 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, Smith Brown. I didn't. I, I've still not actually watched the Fleetwood game back in its entirety yet. I've Gavry had a pretty good game in that game. He was certainly the best of a bad lot. It's true three. He had a reasonably good game. It's true three, and I suppose he was okay enough on Saturday. I don't think he. Did, I don't think he did that much. The whilst above the, the error. I don't think he did that much, but he didn't. He wasn't as error prone as he can be in some games. So yeah, I think he's coming on a bit. Riley, I was happy enough with in his general play, but Blimey nearly he got himself nearly off, got himself in a bit of trouble, didn't he, with that tackle he made when he was on a yellow? Yeah, I think he was lucky. I think I, in, in, over his general play, I gave him a seven out of ten. But in my actual ratings, I had to put him down to a six because he was just that lucky not to get not to go off the pitch. But certainly, certainly a lot better than the man he was brought in to replace, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, if we look at, the, I, I'd like to go back to Nick's example of the way they played long balls to Riley. I, I guess it was a case of anticipating that more would start. We've, we've seen exactly the same a lot of times. I mean, look back to the previous home game with yeah. Fleetwood playing the long ball to Chad Evans, knocking it down ahead of Tafari Moore. And the way that they were able to attack from there. So it's, I mean, Riley was immeasurably better, to be honest, in that sort of role. I just, as you say, hope he continues to be savvy about his play, doesn't accumulate too many of those yellow cards that, I mean, the last thing we need to happen is have him suspended and then be forced to play Safari more again, just at the time where he can have a well-earned break from the team. I will, I will put it back <laughs> and nice and kindly. So yeah, it's, um, I, I was impressed with, with, with Riley. I almost said more than I was impressed with Riley, to be honest. Um, particularly considering, as Sam said, who he came in for. And hopefully that's a sign of a little bit more stability at the back going um, forward. What, what I do like about Riley, and what I highlighted very much from the opening day, and I know, uh, Sam and I had a quite lengthy debate about Riley's performance against Walsall, is that Riley is very good at pressing players up the pitch. It's a high-risk but high-reward strategy. When he played that day, I, I think he was up against a, a winger called Ginelli. Um, Ginelli's strengths are very much in turning, facing, running forward and dribbling at an opponent. What he did was he got tight every almost every time the ball went into him, and he either put the tackle in straight away, he got to the ball ahead and put it out for a throw, and generally denied him uh, possession. And Riley's done that a fair bit whenever he's you know had the opportunity to, and we saw that again with Brown. He pressed him high up the pitch. He didn't allow him to turn. But the downside to that is that it's high. It is a high risk game, and when Brown does get the turn on him, that's when he gets away. And it's in those times that Riley felt the need to foul him, and that's where he's going to accumulate yellow cards. Fortunately, I would say that Brown is one of the uh, best wingers from a dribbling standpoint. And he, well, for, from the research I've done on him. I was very impressed with. I've been very impressed with him this season. I'm not sure there are still some very good wings out there. I'm not sure how many are going to quite combine his uh, dribbling and speed. So hopefully we shouldn't see this too much anymore. I, I think really Riley was the key positive in my mind. I know you're pushing for something else that I, I want to bring to the game or other players of the team that we bring forward. But ultimately, the way I look at the back four now, personally, you know, I'd like to see when it's right, Canavan and Edwards. I don't know if that's going to be any time in the near future, but I think that would be our strongest back four. But with Riley there, with Smith-Brown, as we said, he was our best performer against Shrewsbury, as easy as that was for him. Like, he, he did well against Fleetwood. He's the sort, he's the player that is now settled in that back four. If we can get Joe Riley settled in that back four as well, suddenly I think what we'll realise is that we've got an awful lot more stability, we've got an awful lot more confidence in that back four, there is still the leadership void that I think will need to be tackled at some point. But, I mean, considering that our defence has not been necessarily a shining light this season so far, that the fact that we've now got 
I'd argue our best two fullbacks in place. It, it it's the main positive for me going forward from that game. Is that I think the changes we've made are going to hold us in good stead. Um, Sam, last question before we come back to some more specifics on the game. Harry Burgoyne um, played mm. for Wolves in midweek. He's nearing his return from injury. As far as we're aware, he's still on loan at Plymouth, at Argyle. He he could, in theory, still play for us, as far as we're aware. I, I yeah. mean, I'm not sure about you. I haven't seen anything to the contrary to prove otherwise. No official can- cancellation of his loan. No, I think Adams made it clear, didn't he? he was with us until further notice. What, yeah. What's your opinion? Well, it seems you know I I I did stick up for Macy quite a lot, didn't I? A few weeks ago, I actually I actually said he was a, a really good keeper, and I, I think believe the words you said were better than Macy and Macy, better than Matthews. Yeah, well, I think it's about as good as Macy, funnily enough. Yeah, uh, I think I might have, I might have said better than Matthews, which I think, to be fair, in that in that first couple of months, August and September, I think he was. I think October he was a little bit weaker, and then November he's become a lot weaker again. I think November he's had a really, really poor month. So I think I do think he's, he's a keeper with a lot of potential. He's still, you know, he's twenty four. That's still young for a keeper. He's a keeper who I think has had more good games than bad ones for us. Okay, season, but, without but a doubt. Moving away from this. Specifically, what do you think? What do you think Burgoyne could bring to this team that would Im- make him an improvement on Macy? Well, I was I was coming to that. You know, I'm coming to that. So I think he's his recent form has been pretty poor. He it doesn't seem to communicate very well. And I think Burgoyne, from the brief reports I've read, not you know can't guarantee it. Burgoyne is said to be a bit of a better communicator. I think Macy's looked very nervous. His handling has been quite flappy. Um, maybe his shot stopping has even gone down a little bit compared to what it was at the start of the season. I think rather like Tafari Moore in a way, he's just on a bad run of form and it may help it. You may, even though it's not like his attributes are a lot weaker than Burgoyne's on a general level. But if he's just on that bad run of form, if he's coming out just in, maybe in that nervous mindset for whatever reason, he's not playing to his best level, it might be better to to put Burgoyne in for a few games see how he does. Just what you were saying about his handling... Um... Going back, oh, how many games is that? He hasn't, he hasn't dropped or failed to claim a cross in seven, eight, nine. Ooh, was it about eight games? I haven't properly totted that up. I'm just looking back through my rough notes. He hasn't. Yeah, he's been fine from crosses. He's quite, in fact, he's kind of, pu- pretty much he's kind of pushing since... into the wrong areas, though, isn't he? Sorry. He's kind of pushing into the wrong areas a little bit. Well, no, but he's a, no, he's had a nearly ninety percent catch rate. He's only punched da 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 one, two, three. F- yeah, he's only punched about four in the last eight games. Four crosses. The rest have been caught. Okay, he, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of um, over focusing on the negative side. But it just feels that his level of performance since the September October period has gone down quite dramatically. Maybe goals that he would have saved is now letting in. Is the, is the impression I'm getting? Yeah. Um. So the from the research, obviously we ran a um our ultimate season preview this year as we'd like to do every as we try to do every year. Um. And obviously that meant that we researched Burgoyne until. I think it was a week or so, less than a week before we published, only to find that Burgoyne was injured and we drafted him Macy. Um, the research that I'd done on him to that point suggested that, compared to what we've seen from Macy, Burgoyne's communicating would be better than Macy's, his distribution would be much better than Macy's, but his handling of crosses would be worse than Macy's. However, again, I should stress... And what about shots? What about shot stopping? 
about the same. Like, I don't think Macy's a particularly poor shot stopper. I think he's marginally below no, average yeah. uh, compared to the rest of the league. But I mean, that's that's very objective. I'm not going to, you know, try mm. and make an effective case for that. That would just be my opinion on that. I I, I couldn't tell you necessarily where Bergoin is on that front, but I, I'd say that better communicator off the research that I've done, better communicator, better distributor, but worse with crosses. Mm. So make of that what you will. Yeah, I, I think if we look at Burgoyne and we look at Macy and consider what would happen if, as you say, they're both available to play for us at this point, there's two things that I'd possibly consider and put Burgoyne with his nose in front on that one. Would be, first of all, uh, as you mentioned, the research, but particularly his communication. If his communication improves, and as I, I think was touched upon just a bit earlier, the, le- the leadership void in that back four, that back five, would improve with it. I think, you know, we've got capable players in the defence, but if we've got the sort of communicator at the back as well, uh, that we've been lacking since Sonny Bradley departed in the summer, that can be very much a positive for the way we set up at the back. The second thing to consider, I think, is um Sam mentioned it, that Macy seems to have this sort of nervousness about his game in the last couple of months. Now, I mean, I'm no psychologist. I can't say whether it's true or not, but I do agree it has felt that way. How is he going to feel in that case now he knows that Derek Adams' number one choice of goalkeeper in the summer is now back from injury and pushed him for a place? I think it's worth, with that in mind, giving Burgoyne the chance to show why he was his number one choice, giving Burgoyne the chance to perform, and hopefully, in our case, you know, getting the best results out of it and shooting our way up the league. Were you going to say something, Yeah, I... Uh, no, yeah, I was going to say, I pretty much agree. I, I think whether Mason is going to be a worse keeper than Burgoyne in general, um, I don't necessarily, obviously we, we haven't, haven't seen him play. I don't think that's nailed on. But with more we've heard of Burgoyne, with regard to the attributes we are missing, which are leadership, and Mason's current form, which is below his average, I think if we're going to, if we're going to ever play Burgoyne, now's going to be the time to do it, for sure. It feels like the perfect time for him to return, I think. It feels like we've had, Macy's had a run of the team. He's, I wouldn't say necessarily his peak, as you know, it's 24, but his peak for this season. He's been on a downward spiral for a little while. We've got Derek's first choice for the summer coming in. It feels natural that if we have the opportunity to do it, we'll swap them. I'll tell you what, one thing in Macy's favour is that I think his distribution has improved in recent weeks. I think there's a main reason for that is that, um, from what I've noticed, he's been taking far fewer long kicks... Uh, goal kicks, rather, and he's been dis- he's been rolling the ball out to Canavan in particular and Songo, both of whom are you know pretty uh, distribution wise. Songo had a pretty poor game against Oxford, but putting that game aside, his distribution has generally been um, uh, let's say good. You know, it's been good overall, but very good for a centre back. Same with Canavan. I think Canavan's a very able player when he's passing the ball around. I think with Fox obviously introduced. Um, as a passer too, you know that ability to distribute out from the back has helped, not nullify but reduce the impression that Macy's kicking is dreadful. Um, and I think Macy's kicking is well below average and needs to be worked on. But by you know playing the ball out short, that has helped um, to reduce that. Another point that's just popped into my head was against the Oxford game. One thing I noticed was kicking far more to Grant and to Carey on the wings rather than Ladapo. Both so Ladapo competed for thirteen aerial duels. Um, Carey went for nine, and 
Grant also went for nine, so they're not too dissimilar. And overall, the the two wingers themselves competed for more headers than Ladapo, and that seemed to me like a genuine tactic rather than just dodgy kicking as an attempt to, you know, get around this fact that Ladapo is not strong in the air. I I feel like I mean you know I I will. I mean, considering the fact that we have Taylor available, I mean, I know this is well outside my 20 seconds, but there's also very much another way around mm. getting the fact that Lillapo's not very good in the air out of the team, but I mean, you know, you can edit that bit out because I know no, you're allowed, allowed these, you're these allowed precious that. seconds in the end. There's a very good way of getting around the rules as well, isn't there, Adam? That's by mentioning it in another context. This is true. This is yeah. true. Yeah. But no, I, to be honest, I, I agree with a lot of what you put forward there. I certainly think the fact that the... We're going what, what, what I'd call anyway the correct formation, having Fox in the position he's in, has helped the way we distribute from the back. And it's probably helped the fact that Mason, he will know if he rolls it to one of the centre backs, they will have an option rather than saying, okay, well, one of us has eventually got to knock this onto the striker. It may as well be me. So yeah, no, I completely with you on that. And I'd certainly pinpoint the fact that Fox is in the position he is, or at least he was for the, for the couple of games last week has helped that course. It seems, it seems, seems to have been got randomly gone back to a 4-2-3-1 again now after Saturday. Oh, and I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. worried. I, I, I was saying to my mate um, at the game, because we've all been talking about when is he finally going to play our best 11 uh, and with the best front six and what have you. And I've, I've realised what's going to happen. He's going to finally play the right front six. We're going to get to the ground all excited and then find out it's 4 2 3 Yep, yep. I'm looking forward <laughs> that, to that too. That, that'll be the way it'll happen, without a doubt. Agreed, agreed. Oh, I'm laughing now. I'll be crying on the day. So yeah. I maintain it. It's my birthday on Saturday. He's been holding it off for a treat. That's that's of that's course. what it's yeah. been. It's been nothing more than that. Josh's um, birthday yeah. too. And then I need and to then, make sure I say yeah, that then... for official statement. It's Josh's birthday too. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then it'll be a trick when it turns out to be four two three one rather than a treat. Um, I said we'd come back to it earlier, and I think uh, I want to make sure we do before we run out of time. But Smith Brown for that goal. So my my take on it was. Um, was that he positioned himself... He, he acknowledged the overlap and positioned himself well. I might be wrong, but this is what I thought had happened. And he, what he was effectively saying was, I will mark Mackie, and you watched James Henry on the overlap. It was James Henry, I think, wasn't it? Scored the goal? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. and you watched James Henry on the overlap, right? Which would, which would be sensible. So rather than you know running past Canavan and making space for Mackie to cut inside on his left, that's a sensible way of, um, of dealing with that situation. However... Assuming that's the case, he clearly didn't communicate it, which makes it pointless. Because there's no point thinking, right, you're going to mark him without actually telling him that's what's happening. So, it's possibly a kind interpretation, but my understanding was it was good defensive instincts from Smith-Brown, but dreadful communication to fail to, you know, well, communicate it with Canavan. No more than that, really. Yeah, a fair point. Um, Do you have any further points you guys wanted to add? I feel like anything I could add would be exactly as I will say every week and every week from now until he actually does it. But, you know, there's, there are six players in this team that are not injured. They're ready to go and were a bloody good success last season. Zero minutes. What are we waiting for? Zero, we're in December so, and zero minutes have they played together. Yeah. It, 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 so, it, I mean, if it doesn't happen on yours and Josh's birthday, what then? What do I do with my life? We'll wait for point, the next point I just want to make after that. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not till May, so it wouldn't be me. I'm March. Oh, March. Yeah. <laughs> point, point I want to oh, make this is, about this, that. Is, this is my coping mechanism. If anyone's wondering, <laughs> this isn't me going, you know, losing my analytical edge. This is my coping mechanism because it chips away at my soul every Saturday when I look at the lineup. 
Sorry, Sam, you're about to say something. Oh, no, yeah, this is literally <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that zero minutes for that front six, it's not as though that's a misleading set either. It's not as though it's like they've played zero minutes, but we've played the right formation with maybe one like for like the odd game and they've never quite played any minutes together. It's like we've not even been really close to playing that front six together. The closest we've got is the past few weeks when we had the midfield three and we had one of the front three. And that's the closest we've got. And, we've and, got and the to opening it. weeks of the season when Sarsic uh, okay. was injured. That, and we that, must mention it, that injury did play a yeah, part true. here, but it's... It's no longer an excuse, and it hasn't been an excuse throughout. Yeah, so we've had zero minutes of them. We've only had about probably five games out of the nearly 20 now. We've even got close to having that front six. The rest of it, we've not even been remotely near. Not even had the formation for most of it, which is just so... You know, but we had we had that ridic- we had that ridiculous spell of playing five central midfielders in that really bizarre four you know four five one thing, didn't we? And then we had we had a little flirtation with with four with four four two, didn't we? At, at spells, we had three five two in the second half at Warsaw. We had um, did did, did was there not one game of three four three? Am I imagining that? Or maybe a half a game? Oh, we would try just about. Was it not Blackpool? I don't Blackpool think so. No, maybe maybe I'm thinking no, of last season. No, not Blackpool. Against Blackpool, Lemiris came and went four two three one. Yeah, I might be thinking, of, might be thinking of last season. Started the lineup like that. Okay, right. Let, let's let's end it there and move on to um, quiz. And by process of random number generator, well, not random name selector rather, it will be Sam to go first in the second round. Oh, fantastic! Um, Sam, what do you want to pick? So I, I can't pick season again, can I? Because no, because I've had... Okay, I'm going to go... I should go player, I think, rather than opposition. I'm glad you went player, because I haven't prepared any others. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, on. did I say Sam? I meant Adam. Sorry. <laughs> By process of random uh, name selector, Adam is going first. I'm going to edit that one back in. So, let's start with the quiz round. And sitting in the hot seat this week is none other than Adam. Oh my god, who would have thought it? Um, well, how do I react to this? Um... Okay, um, you wouldn't happen to have any questions about a player, I, would you? Do, we're going to have to redo this, because I won't be... This this will all be cut back out again. Um, <laughs> Nick, I can do opposition, it's fine. You, I, it, did you do opposition it, initially, Adam? Yeah, Good, Tom's yeah, I did. did player, I was just checking. Okay, so Adam, out of... Uh, you've already done opposition, so you're not allowed to do that until you've done all three categories. So out of individual and season, what would you like to pick? Wink, wink. Mm, yeah, I I think this week it might be time for me to go for individual. So that's your individual that. is none other than Anthony O'Connor. So okay, okay, you have. Well, actually, there is no time limit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Cue the music. Who did O'Connor join on loan from? Blackburn. Correct. Away to Tranmere, O'Connor crossed for which player to score the only goal in a one-nil win? Ruben Reed. Correct. After the win against Tram here, John Sheridan described O'Connor as his what? Um, faith. No, no. Um, um. We God. can't put that in. <laughs> I, I, no, I do remember the quote. It's just. No, I have no idea. Sorry. His most important player. How many clean sheets did Argyle keep when O'Connor started? I'll say 14. 21. Oh, Bonus what? point question. Wow. During his time at Argyle, O'Connor wore two different shirt numbers. What were they? I think one was 19. Correct. And I want to say 28? Correct. To the nearest 10, after how many seconds did O'Connor head Argyle ahead against Mansfield in April 2015? Ooh. 80. Incorrect, 100. That was the first of two goals in back-to-back games. Name the other team he scored against. Ah, oh, I'm going to kick myself, but I don't know. 
Wimbledon. Against yeah. which team did O'Connor make his debut? Um, Exeter? Incorrect, Leighton Orient. Counting central midfield and defensive midfield as separate positions, how many different positions did O'Connor play in for Argyle? I'll go for four. Correct. True or false, O'Connor started more matches than any other outfield player in 2014-15. Mm, true. Incorrect. False. Always thought they were wrong. I'm so angry with myself. But that was a very good showing. That was what, one, two, three, four... Five points. Yeah, five points, I think. Well done. That was I'll a, take uh... that after last time. I'm yeah. surprised you got both shirt numbers. Oh yeah, I, I, because I got confused initially because I know he changed after he went away for a couple of games. So yeah, it just completely threw me, and then I managed to somehow bring it back. So yeah, no, I'm very pleased to have improved on last week because I don't want to talk about last week ever again. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sam, how would you have done on that? Uh, well, I'm I'm possibly going to actually contend one of the answers because I'm sure O'Connor played in more positions than that because he played in. Well, first he of all, played at right wing back. He played at centre back. He played right back, at defensive right back mid. And he well. played at centre mid. So and not not right back as well. Uh, no, he only played right wing back. What was your guess for the clean sheets? Oh, I know, I got that wrong as well. I would I I kind of had like twelve in my mind for the clean sheets. Yeah, it's amazing. To think how many they kept that season. Ridiculous was, number of Yeah, I must have been one of the best defences in the league that season. We were second must best behind Shrewsbury, I believe. Before we go, let's quickly do predictions ahead of Bradford, which we forgot to do last week. Uh, straight away, Sam? I think they're absolutely dross, aren't they? So even with even whatever formation we play, I think we'll win. So I think 2-0 to Argyle. I'm perhaps not that confident, but I go for 1-1 every week. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I will stick my neck up with 2-1 Argyle. Say, so those are fighting words from Sam. They are a bit rubbish, no, aren't they? They're, they're going through an identity crisis. Um, they okay. signed a bunch of players to play a certain way, but didn't have a manager strong enough... To, well, they didn't even have a manager. It was a coach um, strong enough to put them together into a team. And then they hired, a, they hired effectively a League One John Sheridan, someone who's very effective at organising players and you know likes playing to a big target man. And anyone who did even the slightest amount of research... I mean... Yeah, when that guy first came in, I said pretty much, I think he's not going to do well because he doesn't have the you know the players there to play the style he wants. Um, at the same time, they've got some real quality in that team. They, they remind me a bit of Bury last season. They should be competing for promotion, not relegation. It's a fa- it's a failure to get the players in the right positions, really. Anyhow, I, I you know I'm inclined to think that Bradford might win it, but at the end of the day, this current Argyle side, assuming he starts, he lines up and same as did against Oxford. It's the kind of side that sort of wins once every four games and has a sort of average of 1.25 points per game. So, you know, you play enough and eventually in the games you score, you win. So on that basis, and assuming he doesn't play his best side, I'm just going to edge for 2-1 Argyle. Okay, that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. We all really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, ideas or suggestions, please do get in touch. We want to make this podcast as good as we can. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Just search for Argyle Life or Green and White and you should be able to find us. Thank you all very much for listening and good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.